Good morning. Good morning. Here we go. All right. Um, this is the Obvious Brothers on Anchor.fm. I'm Obvious Steve. This and is Obvious John. Yeah, John. Just Jumped by the, the gun way, there a little bit there, didn't I? Yeah, I, I stepped on you a little bit. John, the, the, the uh, elevator music waiting on you to pick up on Anchor.fm yeah. might be the worst elevator music in history. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there, get things started. So, so our intro music, which you and I didn't actually hear, but hopefully our audience will, was back home again in Indiana, John. Yes, I am. Yeah, so that's for John. Next weekend, I'll be there, so it's, it's appropriate. Probably use it a couple weeks. Congratulations, John, uh, back home for your daughter's uh, college graduation. Um, hard to believe in a lot of ways. <laughs> One of which is I know you, so uh, I know the brains come from the other side of the family. That's correct, yes. Yes. So, uh, and, and where is she graduating from again, John? That would be Purdue University. Purdue University, where your daughter and your money went for four years, right? That is correct. Grudgingly. Begrudgingly. Gr grudgingly. All right. So, speaking of your daughter, who is uh, famous to, to our listeners, RR, uh, as part of the Music Mondays team. John, did you uh, catch Music Mondays a week ago? I missed it, now. Oh, you missed it. Maybe I shouldn't have. I should cut that out, huh, John? <laughs> anyway, John, last, last week, John, they did a show on Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Yeah, well, John, I, I, lis I listened to it, John. In my humble opinion, you and I can do better, John. <laughs> So, so, John, I, I, I propose, we, we have a lot to talk about today, but in a few weeks here when we, we're lacking something, we'll, we'll riff for 15 minutes on Fleetwood Mac and show them how it's done, right? It's, all right, I'm down. You're down, yes, because I know you're a big fan, I'm a big fan. So, uh, there you go. So, John, uh, I, I'm going to open as I, as I often do with things you're not expecting. Uh, John, you know where Baku is? I do not. You do not. I am not surprised by that, John. I, I admit I did not know uh, until yesterday. So, so John, you're going to ask me why I care. Yes, I am. You why are. You okay. Care? So, so John, uh, this is not a secret, uh, but, but I, I follow Arsenal Football Club out of London. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan because that, well... But, but uh, an operational definition is I actually have Arsenal as one of my favorites on my ESPN app. So I keep up with their scores. Okay? okay. So they won yesterday in the semifinal of the Europa League Cup, which is the second tier kind of playoff system in the European football for club teams. Uh, and, and guess where the final is, John? It's in Baca. Ba Baku, Baku, Baku. Azerbaijan. In case you okay, and and just in case you were wondering, Baku is a city of two point three million people, John. Wow. And you, you know, you know, for for trivial pursuit, John, uh, you know what makes Baku distinctive? What? Okay, it is ninety two <laughs> feet below sea level. It is the lowest nation's capital in the world. Wow, it's basically like New Orleans, huh? Uh, I think it's lower than New Orleans, technically yeah. speaking. 
So, so, but of course, I don't think there's a river running through the center of Baku, but I could be wrong. I, I'm not terribly familiar with it. So anyway, so here's the irony, John. Arsenal, which is, uh, I know you don't know this, John, is actually uh, homed in North London. Guess who they're playing in the final in Baku? Uh, Chelsea. That's good, John. You're looking this up, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea. So, so they're going to play a version of the of the London Derby in Baku, Azerbaijan. Yeah, Makes all the uh, sense in the world. But yeah. there you go. That's what happens when uh, when the European Football League does uh, bids out uh, host cities, et cetera, et cetera. But I just uh, that I, I found this all fascinating that they they got the bid, and by the way. It's not really in Europe, John. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, not really. But anyway, all right, John, our, our audience is up. Uh, I suspect, based on the input I've got, it's because you keep talking about Game of Thrones. So uh, Correct. I, I guess uh, we need to do it again. Episode four last Sunday, John. And by the way, John, Sunday night, I think you watched the Cubs. I did. The, uh, you I, mocked. You mocked on the podcast about watching the Cubs uh, instead of Game of Thrones, and here you, uh, nope, mocked too early. Well, I had to wait a day to watch Game of Thrones because uh, my neighbor who watches was not available. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be the, be that guy and have a have a leg up. So we watched it on Monday night together. Yeah. So so. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'll just roll with that. We'll, we'll push on. Okay. Uh, e- episode four, John, I'm going, uh, you know, we, we have a, a rule. It seems that uh, five days later, if you don't know, you just you're going to get spoiled at this point. Right. Correct. So I read an article that I guess I kind of agree with uh, that was critical for that. The thought the writers took a lot of cheap ways out. And, and did a lot of cheap things in episode four. John, like ja- Jamie and Brienne getting together seemed, you know, and, and then he rides off, right? Yeah. You kiss off, and it's kind of like a head scratcher. And, and, and losing the second dragon. Quickly. You know, there was, a, there was a time not too many episodes ago when Cersei didn't stand a chance. It was three dragons in a huge army and huge fleet, blah, 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 blah. She, there, there, were, there was no chance, right? They've now written it so that it's a much more even kind of, uh, kind of matchup here the last two weeks. So, Yeah, and we lost, uh, you know, like there was a lot of uh, setting up for this episode, for the final two episodes uh, Tomorrow or this weekend is the second to last episode. Um, yeah, Cersei's. Uh, I suspect there will be a big fight this week. Yeah, Cersei's got some uh, some weapons to uh, anti dragon weapons. Those g- gigantic bow and arrows, which seem to sh- scorpions. The technical term is scorpion. Oh, thank you. That shoot uh, yeah. e- extremely accurate. Uh, well, that that was another point that. Uh, while they were fighting the, the White Walkers in the north, it seemed that Euron and company had been out practicing because <laughs> they, were, they were amazingly accurate when they showed up in, in the scene with the dragons. Yeah, two right through. Uh, yeah. And, and, and 
Yeah, uh, well, it was more than two, but anyway. And, and then there was the question about how you're flying up above and don't notice the ships <laughs> down below you with the scorpions on the deck. Well, it right? was right around or like a giant rock. It was like, you know, as she came through a, I guess, an uh-huh. inlet or a jetty or whatever you call those. So, I don't uh-huh. know. Okay. I, I agree, okay. yeah. Extremely accurate scorpions and a surprise attack on the open sea. Well, yeah, and when when you have uh, command of the air, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so they've they've laid it all out for us, John. Uh, John, what's going to happen? Well, it's a good question. Uh, at one point, I'd said that uh, this is the game we all play, right? right? Not only do we get to watch it, but then have, they, they're setting all this up. What exactly are they setting up? They're setting up, I think, with Jamie's departure from Winterfell, he may be the one that that takes out Cersei. At first, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said I didn't think he had the balls to do it. It's his. I was going. I was going to point that out. Yes. He's yes. his. Mm-hmm. You know, not only is are they brother and sister. So sleeping with Brienne gave him a pair. I huh? guess. Yeah. He got to see what it's like to sleep with somebody. It's not. He's not related to. I guess. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so yeah, I gave him a pair, and, and uh, he decided that he needs to uh, to go fight. Yeah, it, it is a, an interesting setup. Uh, we, we're all fairly, fairly certain that Cersei's going uh, not survive the final episode. It's just a question of who ends up doing the deed. Uh, and then John, of course, cannot keep the stupid secret about who he is. For for he just tells everybody. <laughs> no, and, and and then he told his sisters. And, and then, That's it. And of course, they ran off and told everybody else. Yeah, well, why did he tell his sisters, you know? Okay, isn't there a rule that once three people know it's not a secret anymore? And now, you know, I think I think somebody claimed that there were eight people who now know that we know of. And, of course, Barry's acted like he wasn't keeping it a secret. So, yeah. <coughs> correct. But when eight people know it's information, isn't that what he said? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, right. So, uh, that, that was... I saw I saw a, a meme on Twitter of Ned Stark saying, "I kept it secret 18 years, and my daughter can't keep it a secret a day." Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good one, right? Yeah, it it, it is, it's pretty funny when you think about it. So I I'm not sure the fact that they've got everybody knowing that, which again, you know, the the article that was critical said, "Well, we know everybody has to know as a plot device," but it seemed, you know. Uh, it, it seemed they, they went for very unsubtle technique of Sansi learns in the very next scene she's in, she tells somebody, yeah. right? And she tells the one person she probably, well, yeah, uh, pretty high on a list of people you shouldn't be telling, right? I guess it only becomes a real factor if, if they both survive, uh, which, I mean, I guess they're trying to set it up to make you think that there's going to be conflict if both, Danny and John survive the uh, the war between here with Cersei and and, and Westeros, but we'll see. I, I don't I don't think Danny's surviving the, the final episode. I'm just gonna put that. That's my hot take. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, but I think I think she's down to one dragon, and at the end of the episode, she was awfully pissed off, and that never. She makes a lot of mistakes when she goes. Yeah. She's goes off. She's gonna go ham. Goes off in flame. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, we lost Missandre, which 
you know, Grey Worm now and uh, and uh, Danny are both a little hot. Their chili's running a little hot. Their chili's running a little hot. Well, there, there's our sneak preview for Game of Thrones for Episode 5. Danny and Grey Worm's chili's running a little hot, and we've left the north anyway, so we're, we're doing great. What do you think of uh, the Greyjoy, Aaron, Arian Greyjoy's character? I mean, is he just, like... I saw a, a thing saying that it might be the worst written character in in, uh, in Game of Thrones, and all of well, Game of Thrones. I, I I don't know about that, but he he is a he is a giant dick. Yeah. So him and I I will not I, I will be very happy to see see him die. Yeah. But I have a feeling they're going to keep him around. I think I think in terms of uh, of setup of the plot and everything, they need him. Cersei needs him for a while. So. I think he might survive till the last uh, half hour or so, but uh, I, I sus- he, he he won't he won't survive. There's no no chance of that. But yeah, he, he's a fun one to hate. You know, and everybody thinks that this is going to have a happy ending. They're going to sew this up nicely. But with, with the history of the show, you know, there's nothing really. There's no real evidence that says that, uh, that we should believe that. Hmm. So you think there's a chance that Cersei ends up on the on the Iron Throne at the end? Man, I can just can you yeah. I can hear heads exploding everywhere if that were to happen. Yeah, there you go. Well, I you know I my take my take is in the end Sansa is going to be on the Iron Throne, but that's that's one man's opinion. I take that. Okay. Yes, because she's uh they, they're teeing it up for her to come in late here and uh, crack some domes. Uh, yeah, well, you step over some bodies onto the throne. I, I would love for Sansa to be the one to kill Cersei because I mean, yeah, that that was your hot take from last week. Yes. Yeah, that that's who I'm. That's yeah. who I'm cheering for to do it. Nah, well, uh, that's kind of vicious that you're cheering for somebody to kill somebody. But well, it is. I guess it's kind of where we're at in the show. It right? is. It is fiction. That kind of leads lead you to that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 talk. Having talked about Baku, let's talk about Boston, John. Okay. The the, the home of champions. You know, they they won the, they won the hockey game last night to take a one zero lead. It looks like the the Bruins, you know, at least have a skate up on uh, on Stanley Cup success, and you know they they do. You saw that the half of the White White Sox. Oh, I made that. There you go. There's a mistake. The White Sox went to the White House yesterday, John. And, <laughs> okay. And, and, and of course, the Patriots won the the Super Bowl. Uh, the Bruins win the Stanley Cup. Uh, they'll be insufferable out of Boston, won't they? Can they be any more insufferable? No, I think so, John. I think the third picking up the third one. Yeah, the good news is, John, the Celtics got crushed. So it's true. It might, 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 might slow them down a notch. Yeah, I guess we can hang that over their head when they get too cocky. Yeah, when they get too cocky. And, and the Red Sox aren't exactly smoking it up uh, this season uh, yet. So, all right, the NHL, as I said, Boston got off to a 1-0 start last night over Carolina in a very ugly late third period meltdown by Carolina giving up two two power play goals they gave up four goals in the third period two power play goals an empty net goal 
And then in goal after, they put the goalie back in after the empty net goal. So uh, I think they talked to themselves and say, let's not melt down and we'll be all right. So, and then two, the Western Conference has San Jose and uh, the Blues playing, and they both went to seven games, John. Yeah, and they start tomorrow. Yeah, they start tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, a little bit of a delay there. Um, I, I think I have to root for the Blues just because they have snow occasionally in St. Louis. Okay. So uh, that, that's kind of my rule of thumb on hockey. So I'm rooting for the Bruins and the Blues, although three out of the four are not really snow kind of places, are they? Uh, well, I guess St. Louis and, and, and the Bruins, I guess, are the coldest two, you know, the Hurricanes. Yeah. They don't... Oh. They don't get it. I do not think Charlotte's famous for its snow. No. Speaking of which, John, John did, did you hear this? That uh, it snowed yesterday during the baseball game in Denver. <laughs> I did not hear that. And, and, and I heard somebody, yeah, that, that's mean for, of you to laugh because uh, it's coming your way. Uh, it is the snowiest May on record in, in uh, Colorado and the Northern Plains. Did you know that? I didn't. That's uh No, well, yeah, yeah, it's a... Does not sound like a positive, does it? Jeff? No, it's been a very wet. I mean, for us, it's been an extremely wet spring. Um, so we haven't exactly had amazing weather in, in Texas either. And not very warm. Right. Yeah. So so uh, we covered the NHL, uh, the NBA. Um, well, we, we talked about the Celtics uh, got absolutely mashed in Four games in a row by the Bucks and are gone. Mm -hmm. And we have game seven in Denver. We have game seven in Toronto. We have game six tonight in Houston in that series with the Warriors up 3-2. Let's start there. Kevin Durant's not supposed to play. Uh, what are you thinking? You, 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 by the way, last week, remember you said uh, Warriors and six. Yeah. Um, Rockets are, are going to have to hold hold court tonight. They are a seven point favorite. Um, the games have been tight, real tight, all yep. of them. Um, yeah. It's really tough to predict the, these games. I think without KD is is a big factor, and uh, so maybe we are going to see a seven game series here. And and I don't know when they would play again next. Probably not till Tuesday. <laughs> So it gives him plenty of time to heal up. Yeah. Uh, well, oh you, nope. You know, Game you, seven. You know why I'm la you know why I'm laughing because we we had this conversation last week and of course, like you say, probably not till Tuesday. Knowing the NBA, but actually they would play Sunday. They play Sunday. Three thirty. But the yeah. yeah, that's the next game. So the the Blazers and Nuggets and Sixers and Raptors. We we would have all Game Sevens on Sunday. If, uh, if the Rockets win tonight. So that would be some entertaining uh, NBA action on, on Sunday. You can fill up your, your, your viewing schedule with a lot of hoops, uh, yeah. with a lot of uh, elimination implication. No, yeah, well, except, except the Golden State could win tonight and ruin that. Yes, they could. But, right. Um, uh, so so do, you, do you like Houston to pull this out? I feel like Golden State. You think Golden State wins on Sunday without Durant? I don't know. I, I don't. They, they might win tonight. I mean, they're they the type of team that just seems like 
the more reasons you give to them to lose or somebody's not shooting well, then somebody steps up. I mean, they're, they're deep. They yeah. have tons of talent. Um, you can't replace KD, obviously. I mean, the guy's been on fire. But, yeah. But, you know. They got a lot of guys who can put 30 on the board. Yeah. You know, Steph and, and you know, Curry hasn't exactly shot well. Neither has Thompson. Um, you know, Draymond has been Draymond. But, you know, they have Iguodala. You know, one of those guys is going to can step up and, and pour in 30, 35 points and, Next thing you're like KD who and and you know they're waiting for uh, the winner for the conference championship. Yeah. Well. Okay. So that's your take. Uh, you you were high on the Sixers last week when we talked. Uh, they avoided elimination last night, and as you say, they're playing Sunday in Toronto in Game Seven. That's going to be a uh, tough. You still. I was hoping they were going to close that out. It without having to go to seven and play a game seven on the road in Toronto, but um, they got pretty, pretty worked over in game five. And, uh, they, but they look good last night and I'll stick with the Sixers over the Raptors. Okay. You've got Sixers uh, winning on the road. Okay. So who's winning the Denver Portland series? And I'll remind you, you, you were you were high on Portland a week ago. Yeah, I'll stick there, which is also going to be a road victory for Portland. So uh, t- a couple of tough road wins to uh, for Game 7s for both Portland and and Philly. Okay. So uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm sure you're wrong on at least one of those because teams really don't win Game 7 on a road yeah, very often. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, I, I without without even having to break it down, I'm just going to say I, I would go I would go I, I think I'd go the other way in both of those games just blind. But there you go, you're you're acting like you know something. So we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Act, Roll with the that. acting part, right? Yeah. Well, that's all right. That's that's why you're obvious, uh, John. <laughs> uh, and, well, to be here, here's an obvious one, John. Kentucky Derby was a bit of a mess. Oh yeah. Sure was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, and it had more, to, more, more than just the mud that, that was run in, right? Yeah. First time in 144 runnings that we've had a disqualification of a winner. Um, everywhere, everything I've seen, everybody says that they think it was the right call. But uh, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm, not quite everybody. Well, unless you've ignored. Yeah. Most everybody. But yeah. so... I guess my opinion, you know, I'm not a huge horse fan. I'm not a huge horse racing guy. I don't follow it as closely, nearly as closely as you do. What's your opinion on it? Oh, well, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think they, they, uh, I think it was a foul. The interesting thing is, and, and, you know, we can talk about the NHL. There there was a couple of iffy calls last night in in that hockey game or the NBA, or, you know, uh, NFL playoffs, sometimes fouls aren't always called the same way in a big game, mm-hmm. late in a big game, right, John? Correct. It's a, it's a big deal to take a horse down and move him back to 17th that, that, that won. So I think that's it's more interesting. It's not calling the foul or knowing it's a foul. It's having the guts to change the outcome. And uh, I thought that was pretty gutsy. And 
Well, my understanding was... I, I, don't, know if I, I don't know if I could have done it, but... Uh, my understanding was that the stewards I, I, weren't even the one that, that created the, the review, that it was the, the two jockeys where there was a couple right, of jockeys. Right, two of the jockeys complained, right, yeah. And then... So, which is, which is the way it works in, in horse racing. The jockeys have the ability to file a complaint. Usually they don't come to anything. There was somebody immediately looking at the tape the first time. I heard them say, why the heck didn't the stewards call a review? Right. Because it was, you know, especially from, you know, the TV uh, video and what they watch in the stewards booth, what they have on the track is a different angle of shot. Mm -hmm. And you can see because it's uh, horse level uh, down the track is what they have uh for for the stewards review and you can see much more clearly how how wide maximum security swings you know three three lanes over yeah. uh which is not legit so you you can do that if you're alone but obviously it's it's they click you know, legs a little bit you didn't even have a full length lead so yeah that was that was, a, that was an interesting call uh uh, the bear from ESPN, I, I listened to his uh, preview. I don't know if I said this last week, but he said the one thing he would guarantee you about the race is maximum security would be uh, in the lead at the, at the end of the first mile. What happened after that? He did not know, but, uh, and he was right. I mean, you could not have, there was that pink horse uh, out, out a little bit in front with a gaggle right behind him and, Shit went everywhere from there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's no way he could have predicted, you know, the with the outcome that ended up happening either. No. Unless he's no Shadamas. John, there, 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 there was there was some money made. Yeah, um, which which also means there was some money lost because it, it kind of it's it's a it's kind of a it's give a, and take, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a it's a uh, zero sum game, as they say. But uh, okay, if you had a two dollar win ticket on on uh, Country House, one hundred and thirty five dollars, John. That's a pretty good investment. That's a that's a pretty good investment, John. If you if you were clever enough to have a two dollar exacted ticket on uh, Country House and, and uh, Code of Honor, you know what you got paid? It was like fifteen hundred dollars, wasn't it? No, it's three grand. Three grand. That's a pretty good ticket for two two dollar bet for the right two dollar bet. Yeah. And John, just for our listeners, because I think you know this, John, if you'd had a $1 Superfecta ticket that was correct, what was it worth, John? I don't know. $544,000, John. That's a pretty good investment. Yeah. $1? Well, yeah, a dollar. Yeah. And just imagine, John, if you were Nostradamus, who you just kind of cited... And you, you just put one dollar in and, and had the five horses rung up in the, just the right order, you know that that'd be a, you don't very often get that return on your dollar. No, what what I see yeah. there was only there was like a really low number that had even had um, country house as a winner. Was it only like three hundred bets or something like that? I mean something crazy low, five hundred bets. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was a sixty-five to one shot, John. There weren't a lot of people wandering around with. Uh, I did. I did hear stories that I think might be apocryphal, but they they sound good. But there were people uh, found twenty-dollar win tickets on Country House on the ground. No, really. 
Yeah, well, you know. I can see that. But, uh, yeah. The radio show in, in Dallas, they went and they went to Arlington Park and did their thing and watched it. And the one guy, yeah. Sean Sharif, that is there, he did a $2 bet on every combination of, mm-hmm. of the uh, Exacta. Which oh, is, yeah. I think comes up to be like three hundred and I think it was like three hundred and sixty dollars is what he spent yeah. for the so yeah, and not nineteen times eighteen I think uh, but maybe that's not or anyway yeah but and, anywho yeah he ended up winning the so obviously he got that exact bet and, he got that three thousand dollars yeah but uh, I I thought he, they said it was only like eighteen hundred maybe maybe it was only a fifty cent bet that he bet on across the board or something I don't know okay. Or, or was he $1,500 ahead? Maybe that's it. Yeah. So it still was a good bet, right? Yes. On, on this day, it was, it was a good investment. Yeah. I can imagine so, when two favorites win, that probably doesn't work out very well. No, no, no. That goes back to what I said about rule of thumb and betting on the favorites last week. Yeah. So, so John, uh, this is set up for a very strange Preakness next week, which I imagine we'll spend some time talking about next Friday. Uh, the top four horses in the Derby are not running in the Preakness for the first time since 1951. Yeah, so that makes for a very, I guess, does that make it interesting or uninteresting? Well, if you're, if you're, if you're in it about the betting, it, it means, again, there is some money to be, to be made. There'll be a lot of money bet, and uh, there won't be the kind of clear favorite you, you've had, you know. Uh, like 50% of the time, last 20 years, a Derby winner has won the Preakness. So, so if if not about betting-wise, but if you're an owner, trainer, and you have maximum security, who clearly, I mean, you have video evidence of this horse running first in the, in the Kentucky Derby, why, why wouldn't you run him out for the Preakness? If he wins the Preakness in the, in the Belmont, then you have a horse that doesn't officially win the the triple crown but you would have a horse that that you would you would think be worth something at stud then right correct yes right that's my that's the point i'm trying to make well okay i i i am not in the horse business and i'm not a trainer but it's tough to come back in two weeks and run so uh i uh, well plus you know the owners got butt hurt big time Mm -hmm. i i think you you've heard yeah so uh but but i think they're all reluctant to come back in two weeks unless they have a good reason and you know since he didn't win i don't think he feels like he has a good reason though i would have thought based on his performance in the derby the preakness would set up well for the way it ran in the derby but uh clearly that what wasn't a factor but yeah part of part of the decision is the three-year-olds don't often, well, they never run in two-week intervals at this point. Later in their career, horses do all the time, hmm. or fairly regularly. But they're they're really not, you know, they're still kind of teenagers, so they're building up to that. Gotcha. So run, running three times in five weeks in the, in the Triple Crown, one of the reasons it's so hard to win the Triple Crown is it's actually, you know, that's hard training. And, you know, the third race is mile and a half it's a lot longer than the others so not only do you run more times than you're used to but the third race you're running is you know the the marathon so okay so i think that's probably a, a part of it is is health and training 
purposes and it's going to give somebody else an opportunity to make a bunch of money not only at the track but to uh have a triple crown winner to put out the stud right correct yeah okay so that'll be fun well john here we've killed another half hour you know and uh it's mother's day weekend so we should mention that um not not that my mother listens uh but uh there you go yep happy Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah. Um, um, happy Happy Mother's Day to yours. And thank you. So, yeah. So, so uh, John, have fun in Indiana. Oh, Steve, we, I did forget. How'd that Cubs Cardinal series go last weekend? No, I, I forgot, John. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I think, uh, let, me, let me sweep things up for you. With the, my, sweep things up for me. I, I don't understand, John. With my broom. That's, uh, can broom with a broom i okay i john i didn't i didn't think a broom would fit your hand but <laughs> if you really need me to say it yeah yes john the cubs did sweep the cardinals last weekend in chicago and uh there's not much to say other than we got our butts beat and they play 16 more times <laughs> there's a few more games to be played yep yeah well i'll just remind you uh, you felt really good about sweeping uh, Brewers in what the first series uh, a year ago in yeah. Chicago, yeah. And and I remember how that worked out for you in the end. That's a fact. So yeah, this is still yeah. very early in the yeah. baseball season, but it is good to get uh, to get a sweep, early sweep on yeah. your rivals. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it feels good. I, I wouldn't know. Uh, but by the way, I probably ought to put this out there uh, just to talk baseball. Cody Bellinger uh, of the Dodgers is kind of off to a good start. Yeah, he's playing solid baseball. So, <laughs> solid. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Okay. All right. Well, well, Cody on his way to, to dramatic triple crown numbers uh, is playing solid baseball. Okay, good. All right. So, so John, why, why don't Cubs fans love Chris Bryant? Because he's so, he can be up and down, I guess. I don't know. I'm a big fan. I like him. I think he's an excellent third baseman. He's a, he's a great defensive asset on the team. Uh, okay. You're, you're, you're seriously answering this question. I, I just saw the headline, John, and I'm like, you know, it's like, really? You know, I j- just, we, we don't like MV, young MVP third baseman or something. I, I, I It's kind of hard to understand. So Cubs fans have become picky here lately, I guess. You know, he went to one title and. 108 years and you decide that you get to be cheesy about your your favorites your, your all-star third baseman uh you, you you can be picky about now i guess i like him okay okay well that's good well happy mother's day uh congratulations to your daughter thank you and uh All right. have a great weekend you too bye bye <laughs>